my guess would be it was just related to inflammation. Sometimes you don't even like, if I have a bad day, I fly off the rails, I wake up with like marshmallow face. And it's, yeah, my weight isn't always affected, <laughs> but I'm just like, whoa, like I look like a different person. So my guess is if you're eating more anti-inflammatory foods, your body is just like not holding on to so much water because it's not protecting itself because you're not irritating your immune system. So my guess is I can see it in people like immediately when they switch to a, a better diet, like especially in their face, in their eyes. Welcome to Waste Away, the intermittent fasting podcast. If you want to learn how to lose weight for life through intermittent fasting, burn fat, heal your thyroid and autoimmune issues and break the bondage of food, then this podcast is for you. I'm Chantel Ray, author of Waste Away, The Chantel Ray Way, and each week I have different guests answering your questions. If you haven't had a chance to pick up your copy of Waste Away, visit ChantelRayWay.com slash podcast and you'll automatically get 20% off the book, audiobook, recipe book, coaching, and Inner Circle Facebook group. Remember, the thoughts and opinions in this podcast do not constitute medical advice. Hey guys, Aaron here. Before we get started, I just wanted to remind you that you can find our full podcast episodes on our YouTube channel. Not only do you get to see Chantel and our guests, but you also get to see any charts, graphs, or pictures that we may mention. Search Chantel Ray Way on YouTube or click the link in the show notes. And if you would like daily accountability as well as a resource with lots of helpful tips about Chantel's intermittent fasting lifestyle, head on over to ChantelRayWay.com slash coaching. As always, enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode, and today I have Autumn Smith, and she co-founded Paleo Valley with your husband, Chaz, and this was after you battled different health issues, and you are the co-founder of Paleo Valley, which is just such a great online resource that has such great information. The products are amazing, Um, and I know that you co-host the Optimize Paleo podcast, which is one of my favorite to listen to, so everyone, please welcome Autumn Smith. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here and glad that you are enjoying the podcast and the products. We work really hard. So that means a lot. Um, So I know that you had some like frustrations with like quote healthy foods that were on the market and all of their crazy ingredients, which drive me crazy too. Um, So you created a bunch of your own. Uh, How did your Paleo Valley product line come to be? Ooh, that's a great question. So I was in the fitness world before I transitioned over into this kind of nutrition wellness realm. And I actually was, I found paleo. It helped kind of ameliorate my irritable bowel syndrome that I suffered from for 15 years. Everyone told me there was no way to cure it, but I did it with diet and it was amazing. Mm -hmm. But then I went away on a tour and I wasn't able to maintain the lifestyle because there wasn't anything available. So I was in a different country basically every day. And it's not that these countries didn't have the food. It's just that I didn't, I wasn't, it wasn't readily accessible and I didn't always know what those other ingredients were. So when I came back from the tour, my husband and I decided, you know, this paleo thing's really important. It's been the missing piece for us health-wise. And we need to be able to not only share information, but also facilitate this lifestyle with the products. And so we just started taking a look at what's on the market, more importantly, what's not on the market. Mm-hmm. And um, like our flagship product, our beef sticks, what we noticed about all beef sticks is they contain this awful little ingredient called encapsulated citric acid. And it's basically, it's 
it's designed to drop the pH, right? But what it's contain it contains hydrogenated oil, which we all know is a disaster, and uh, derived from GMO corn. So that melts into the product, and it, it's allowable, and you don't have to label it. That's just the standard. So we decided to ferment them like our ancestors did, so that not only we can avoid that ingredient, but also there's probiotics in it. And basically, all of our products are the result of us just finding this gap in the market. Either it wasn't available or people were cutting corners. And so that's how our product line came that's to be. Amazing. We want to give this help to other people. Yeah, and so one of the things that you have on there, and we're going to give it away, um, is, well, did you want to give away the Essential C Complex or the Grass-Fed Organ Complex? We can give away one of each. Okay, perfect. So we're going to give yeah. away one of each of those. And and this is the thing that I absolutely love about your products is that there is no magnesium stearate and there's and there's no all these other ingredients that make you sick when you take them. So when you take vitamins, even if you go to Whole Foods, even if you get the best vitamins, there's so many that have... Um, magnesium stearate or vegetable stearate. I mean, just all these different ingredients that are terrible for your gut. So talk about those two products for just a second and what's exactly in them. Oh, awesome. Okay. Yeah. And that was the problem that we were having too. We were just like all these really smart companies doing such beautiful formulations and then just adding this other stuff that just like, what? So our organ complex, this came about because I was pregnant and I love to feel good and liver makes me do the happy dance. It's nature's multivitamin. Uh, it's amazing. Best source of B12 and vitamin A in natural form. It literally takes my energy to a whole new level, but I can't eat it. I can't eat it. If you can eat it, that's amazing. And I am awful. I know liver is, I don't know how anyone can eat it. I think it's absolutely disgusting. I know. And I tried so hard. I did the liver pate, all the things, but I just, I couldn't choke it down. So we put it in capsules um, along with a little kidney and a little heart because all of the organs have different benefits of their own and nothing else, nothing else, just um, a gelatin capsule on this guy. No crap, nothing. This is a whole food vitamin. A lot of people all write, write in and say, you know, are these synthetic bees or, you know, what amounts? And it's just like, we took the organs and we freeze dry them, obviously from grass-fed animals, of course, grass-fed and finished animals. Um, and then we didn't add anything else because I believe, you know, nature knows better than we do. And then we have the vitamin C complex. Now, this little guy, I wanted a vitamin C because it's had a profound effect, impact on my immune system, my mental health. And um, all of it, most of it, something like 90% of vitamin C on the market is from GMO corn. And it's derived wow. from China. Yeah. So I thought, you know what? I want those benefits. And it's funny because some studies show that, you know, synthetic vitamin C does have some benefits. But I think you're buying basically when you're doing the synthetic version, that's just one part of the vitamin C complex and all the other things you're going to get from food. It's kind of like just buying a steering wheel instead of the car. So this is just the world's most potent natural sources of vitamin C. It's so let's, let's talk about vitamin C for a second. Cause I'm a huge, huge proponent of vitamin C. And the yeah. biggest thing with vitamin C is like, 
there's been studies where there's this one guy who talks about vitamin C and he's like, it doesn't matter what I have. If I have some kind of illness, uh, he'll literally take like 15 vitamin C and like in the next day or two, he's healed Um, because it's such a powerful tool for healing. And the problem is, is if you go even to Whole Foods, my, my office is literally across from Whole Foods. If you walk over there, if you have 10 vitamin C, first of all, you're going to have the worst diarrhea you've ever had. Your stomach is going to be upset. You know what I mean? And it's terrible. And the ingredients that you have in your vitamin C is phenomenal, like one of the top best. So I'm just so impressed with your product. So um, I'm so excited. Thank you for being so generous. And, and we're going to do a Facebook giveaway. Go to our Facebook page. Um, and we'll have it in the show notes of exactly where that is. But for the Essential C Complex and that grass-fed organ complex, those two are like, do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Get them. And those or 100, 100% grass-fed beef sticks, those are delicious. My husband is a – he eats grass-fed these beef sticks like they're going out of style. Does it's, he? Is he? Mm-hmm. It's so yeah. good. And just so people know, they're not like most beef sticks on the market because um, or they're they're like less jerky likes that like kind of make your jaw tired. They're more like those hickory smoked summer sausages you get around Christmas time in terms of the taste and texture. Is that your experience, too? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, you told me that one of the things that you are passionate about is educating people on micronutrient deficiency. Um, which can just rear its head in everything from dandruff to weight gain to high blood pressure. And it's such a big issue. Can you talk a little bit about that micronutrient deficiency? Yeah, of course. And so I've been kind of in this wellness space for like five years. And what I've noticed is the people who come to me um, and need help in this area, they're looking at the macronutrients. Now, macronutrients are just carbohydrates, proteins, fats, those are so important. And tweaking the ratios can have profound impacts on your health. I'm never going to argue that. But I think what we're missing is the bigger picture with these micronutrients, the vitamins, the minerals, the uh, the amino acids, and the essential fatty acids that are actually the workhorses of the body. So if we look work all day long in these macros, but we don't have the micronutrients that are going to run our immune system, that catalyze our metabolism. Um, our health is still going to suffer. And the problem is like threefold, actually, that 95% of Americans are deficient in at least one nutrient. I'd say way more than that. And that's 300 million Americans. So the fact that it's really, really prevalent, it's an epidemic, actually. The second thing is it's dangerous. And we know not only are you going to have these annoying symptoms like brittle hair and nails and skin issues and fatigue, but you're also going to significantly increase your risk of disease just vitamin D, for example, one study, a woman had lower levels, they increased their risk of cancer by something by 200%. That's profound. Vitamin B12, if we have it, if we don't have enough, we can increase our risk of mental health issues and dementia. It's just, a, it's a big deal that I don't think is talked about enough. And the last piece, the last thing I think I want to mention is just that it's silent. We don't always feel this. There are subclinical effects like for folate or vitamin B9. We're not going to wake up and notice that our DNA isn't being repaired, but that's what's happening, you know? And so our body, what it does with these nutrients, 
micronutrients is it triages them. So when we have some, it's going to go, it's going to prioritize our short-term survival over our long-term health. And why I think this is, I mean, obviously it's a problem if you want to live long, but I think today we're living longer or we're going to start seeing an increase in this lifespan. And, and I hope that with more awareness around this issue, we can also increase the health span or the time that you really, really feel good in your mm-hmm. body and in those years. So that's why I think it's a big deal. Now, another thing that you're passionate about is functional testing, which I know so many of our listeners would be interested in because so many people want to know what's wrong with me. Like, why am I not feeling good? So we need to get your your gut checked, your hormones checked, your antibodies, and just a bunch of other stuff. So what have you learned about functional testing? And do you, can you t- talk about it for just a minute? Okay, cool. Uh, so have you ever heard of functional diagnostic nutrition? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I just completed their program because same thing, people would come to me and I would have, you know, these tools in the toolkit that I could, I could change their diet and, you know, we could tweak their lifestyle. But if I didn't ever get a glimpse into like what was happening inside their body, because the same symptoms can be caused by different, very different issues. And so it is, it's about getting to the root cause. And that's where the functional testing comes in. So functional diagnostic nutrition is just a program that teaches me and allows me to order labs for people. Now, before early in my career, I would have said, yeah, you know, um, like testing for my food sensitivities really cleared up my skin issues, right? So mm-hmm. I, I identified a garlic allergy or a garlic sensitivity that was just creating- Oh my goodness, garlic? Right? That's garlic. awful. I'm like obsessed with garlic. My husband's not crazy about the fact that I have so much of it, but I'm obsessed with it. Yeah, and I was juicing it and causing like getting these just gigantic cystic acne everywhere. So so that was helpful for me at that time. But what I've learned since is you're going to listen to a bunch of different podcasts. They're going to tell you about all these different tests. I've created a program that I'm launching with my good friend, Amanda Montalvo, um, where we do two tests. And my problem with functional testing is that it's not readily accessible. Insurance doesn't always cover it. And so this program will be doing the best and highest quality and most cutting edge gut testing, the GI map, and also the Dutch testing for your hormones. That's important because if you have parasites, if you have yeast, if you have bacterial overgrowth, if you have a leaky gut, if you have unaddressed HPA axis issues or your stress levels are out of control or have been, um, you're healing we don't know where to start and we can throw a bunch of supplements at it and you can change your diet. But if your gut is not allowing you to absorb the nutrients and your stress levels are not allowing your body to relax and repair and restore, uh, then you're not going to get anywhere or you're not going to get to where we want you to be. And how much are these tests? So like, let's say someone wanted to take those tests. Would they, would they go to your site? Would they go to paleovalley.com? Where, if yeah. someone wanted one of these tests, what would they do? Yeah, I think reach out to me at autumnatpaleovalley.com. No, I've designed this other program called Radiate in 28, which is kind of a prerequisite because it just takes people and it gets them over to a whole food lifestyle. Because I don't think, like, I don't want to throw everything at them all at once. If we're going to implement some protocols, I want to do that after you've kind of got your feet under you and doing all of the dietary things. And then what we do is starting in March, we'll be offering this program. And for the two tests, it's going to be, I think the program is going to be like nine ninety seven, and that's going to come with like three months of videos, just five minute videos each day that teach you how to implement this lifestyle. It's going to come with support and it's going to come with um, personalized protocols. Awesome. Pretty that's good. Great. 
Yeah, and not having to go and, you know, have an appointment with a naturopath, which is money, you know, and not downplaying that. If you can afford that, awesome. Mm -hmm. This is just for the people who can't necessarily. Right. So before we get started with our listener questions, I want to ask you something I always ask all my guests. Walk through us through a day in the life of autumn. Like, what do you eat in a typical day? And, you know, what'd you eat yesterday? What'd you have breakfast, lunch, and dinner? What, what does your diet look like? Okay, awesome. So in the morning, I try to intermittent fast. I always give my body at the very least 13 hours from the time I eat dinner, but usually, you know, ideally between 16, sometimes even 18. So in the morning, I don't just do nothing. I do my golden milk. I love golden milk. Do you drink golden milk? No, I don't. Tell me about it. Uh, Okay. It's just, I take either coconut milk or almond milk, and then you heat it up and I add a little coconut oil. I add as much turmeric as my taste buds can handle that day. Some ginger, just the tiniest bit of almond butter and um, maybe a little stevia. Some people do honey. Cool with that wherever wherever you are. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so I drink that and my collagen, we have a bone broth protein powder that I put in there too, just to keep, you know, my blood sugar stable, help my skin, hair, all the stuff. And so then I usually don't eat anything until lunch. And then I make my (laughs) kitchen sink salad. And all I do there is it's like my goal to get at least 10 different vegetables in this salad. So it's kind of like a game. And then I top it with organic um, olive oil, usually apple cider vinegar and some sort of protein. It just depends on how lazy I am. Sometimes our beef sticks, sometimes salmon, whatever, you know. (laughs) And then for dinner, usually like, you know, vegetables. And last night we had this amazing steak that my husband cooked, uh, a New York strip and it was really awesome and um brussels sprouts and then i usually have more tea somewhere in there if i'm gonna do some snacking it's usually something like almonds or an apple or i make these chocolate fat bombs i have chocolate every day but like super high quality Mm because i used to be really strict with my diet and i realized you have to love your life and you have to love what you're eating so basically yeah lots of vegetables fruits so tell us about this chocolate bomb that you eat. What is that? What's in that? I love this. Okay. So in my chocolate bomb, I take raw cacao and probably, you know, I think I do like a cup and then I'll do like a cup of coconut oil and then I do my bone broth protein powder and then maybe two dates. That's mm-hmm. it. And I spin it up and then I will melt it, obviously put it in a blender and then I pour it into these little molds and I'm someone who really likes a little texture. So I'll chop up almonds and put it in there. And then, yeah, so I just have these little heart shaped uh, silicone molds because I have a baby or a toddler and he likes those. And then we put them in the fridge and then just whenever I'm needing some chocolate, there mm. it is. Chocolate has so That's many bonuses. Awesome. I have this new, I just made this new, these ginger cookies and if you go to chantelrayway.com slash recipes, it'll be up there um, probably tomorrow. And it is going to be like, you will love them. They're made with almond flour, but I believe they are the best paleo cookies you can find. They're paleo, they're vegan. They are like to die for. Um, so they're just amazing. Awesome. Yeah, you have to try. I, I need to send you some. You have to send uh, Allie your address and I'll mail you a couple because they are that good. I, I'm I have every person who's tried them, I was like, maybe I need to just sell these because they are that good. <laughs> yes, please send them to me because my little guy loves a good cookie. And if I can give him oh a my gosh. Out, yeah, great. So would you say like if you had to say like, 
you know, 95% of your diet is paleo, 100%. Like, would you, is there ever a day where you say, you know what, today I'm having X? What is that? What does that look like for you? For sure. You know, for the last few years, I go through seasons. I think it's, I think it's helpful to go through seasons and I actually do like a paleo keto. Cause that really good for me three mm-hmm. times a year. And then the other times, yeah, once or twice a week, I just, I feel like deriving pleasure from your food and truly enjoying what you're eating, but making it a special occasion is really, really important. And I mm-hmm. definitely do that. So I'd say when I'm not in my keto, I do like 28 day challenges. I'd say, yeah, 80. 80, mm-hmm. 90%. 80, 20, 80 or 90. Yeah. And that that's for me too. In my book, I talk about eating 80% of your diet is paleo because it's fruits, vegetables, and lean meats. Yeah. And um, then 20% eating whatever you want. But I'm getting ready to roll out another edition of my book. And what I'm going to talk about is if you have some of these chronic illnesses, you know, like thyroid issues, autoimmune issues, you know, rheumatoid arthritis, all these different things, then you might have to go to 95%. You know what I mean? Depending on where your health stage is at. 80-20 is kind of, you know, if your health is good, things are going good. But if you are in a position where your thyroid's not functioning, this isn't functioning, you've got to really be closer to that 95%. So true. And did you do the autoimmune? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I have some thyroid issues, some autoimmune issues, some psoriasis. So I have to really keep things really dialed in. Otherwise, the, my thyroid doesn't function as well. My you know, psoriasis starts coming back, all of that. So I have to be yeah. careful. Hey guys, we absolutely love getting your questions into the podcast, but we're also interested in your journey. So if you've started intermittent fasting and have some success or even struggling a little bit, we want to hear about it. Email me your intermittent fasting stories to Chantel at ChantelRayWay.com. Now back to the show. All right, let's jump in. This is from Carol in Arkansas. I was at one of my favorite local restaurants last week and requested my sandwich on a gluten-free bun, but I immediately felt horrible afterwards. My stomach was in knots and I felt so icky the rest of the day. I figured that they accidentally gave me regular bread, which has happened before. Next time this happens, which hopefully it won't, what should I do to counteract this gluten attack? Mm. Uh, For me, I would do... Uh, if I ever do that, because it's funny, I used to be able to get away with a little gluten, not mm-hmm. not anymore. So I always do. Yeah, activated charcoal will help. It will bind to all those toxins. It will le- relieve, and then also digestive enzymes. I don't know. Do you know who Dr. Tom O'Brien is? Mm-mm, I don't. Oh really? Okay, he's this amazing gluten expert, and he's actually created like a glutenese line. So you can get these. Um, I think it's called glutenese. Yeah. And you can buy it and just for when you get glutened accidentally, you can take Mm -hmm. it. And then the other thing is on top of those two, I would definitely be really focused on just reducing the inflammation. So I'd get some bone broth going. I would add some turmeric. I would add some ginger. I would really be um, concerned with my diet and all of those anti-inflammatory foods for the next part of the diet. And then um, probiotics, obviously. Do you Mm -hmm. have a favorite probiotic? Yeah, I do. Actually, it's on under Chantel Ray Way things I love. Um, it's under there. The, my only concern with the probiotic that I love is that it, I think it's like, 
I got to look at the count, but it's such a high dosage of it that it's it's called VSL number three, and it's called probiotic medical food, and it's a high potency probiotic capsules. And it's the problem is it's 112.5 billion um, yeah. live lactic acid bacteria. And it's literally the highest available concentration of live bacteria. And so I get it from Amazon. It's very expensive. I I was taking too many of them for a while. I've really kind of calmed down a little bit on my probiotic take. Um, I'm not taking as much as I used to. Um, but I'm really focusing on, on taking, you know, like, I love your organ complex, the essential C. So I kind of, I don't take it all the time. I'm not, I think it's good for you to kind of, kind of change it up a little bit and not always take the same probiotic, change things up so your body's not so used to it. Yeah, I love that. And I really like um, Just Thrive, if you've ever talked about that, or Megasporbiotic. Have you ever talked about that one? No, I haven't. Okay. The cool thing about it is just that it's, um, I mean, this microbiologist, Kiran Krishnan created it and he is incredibly intelligent. And he mm -hmm. saw the problem with most like VSL. I know that's a pretty good quality one. Most probiotics don't even survive the trip through the digestive tract. And so this one is spore based and it does. And they've clinically tested that it healed leaky gut. And I think a hundred percent of participants in their clinical trial. Anyway, wow. it also has like this one strain that produces antioxidants right at the site. So this one for me has uh, really revolutionized my health. So mm. Yeah. And it's called Just Thrive, right? Yeah. So Megasporbiotic is the one with, um, it has a few more strains, but it's only available through practitioners. But then they've created a more consumer-friendly Just Thrive, which you can get anywhere on their website, also on Amazon. And it has a few less strains, but also is as effective and is also used in the clinical trials. So yeah. Awesome. All right. Pamela in Forest, Virginia. She says, I developed a really bad staph infection and had no choice but to take an antibiotic, which I absolutely hate to do. I was scared and didn't want it to spread. Anyways, I'm done with that antibiotic and my staph infection is gone. And now I want to get my butt. Did we just do this question? No. No, we just were talking about, she said, but I want to get my gut back in order. What can I do to get my gut health in check after wrecking it with antibiotics? I was just like, wait a minute. We were just talking about the answer to this question. Did I just ask this? <laughs> yeah, kind of. But uh, for me, I would definitely make sure that you're not eating any inflammatory foods that are going to further kind of damage the grains, the sugar. Um, the dairy for a while. And then also, yeah, adding probiotics, not only in probiotic form, but also in food form. So, you know, sauerkraut, raw sauerkraut, um, things like if you eat kimchi, I don't know if your listeners are open to that. Our beef sticks, they're fermented. Um, kombucha, if you can find like a low sugar version, I think that's a great option. And yeah, probiotics. I have a few that I like. Just Thrive is one I really like. Sometimes it's kind of crazy. You want to test before you just throw like a bunch of probiotics because you don't really know what the composition of your gut microbiome is. And so um, it's always a good idea if you have that available. Um, I also really like Dr. Grace Liu. Do you know her? Uh, no, I don't. Uh -uh. Okay. She's got a great probiotic as well. Um, but yeah, those are my, that's what I would do. Awesome. Probiotics, food form. 
All right, this is from Mariah in New Mexico. My friend has been obsessed with alkaline water lately, and she swears by it. I saw it for sale by the gallon at my local juice bar the other day and asked the cashier about it. She said I should start with a level 7 because if I started with a level 10, I could become ill and get a migraine since I'm not used to alkaline water. It struck me odd that any sort of water could make me sick. And then I remembered something about you said about how you aren't a fan of it when eating, but I couldn't remember when, why on your last podcast. What is your opinion on alkaline water and why? I'll let you go and then I'll give my opinion on it. Totally. Okay. Yeah. So my opinion on alkaline water is, um, it just, it depends. I don't use it. I don't use any artificially alkaline water. Like my alkaline, my water comes from a spring. And so it'll have these minerals. It'll be slightly alkaline, but I think that, yeah, anything that going to make you dizzy, give you migraines, that means you're probably too alkaline to begin with. And that's not, you need a balance in the system. And like she was mentioning, if you drink it too close to mealtime, I've seen a lot of people drink it and then have undigested food in their stool. We need yes. acid in our stomach because we have to break down the proteins. We, it also, if we don't have it, we're not going to be protected from all these microorganisms that are potentially harmful. Um, so the acid's really important. I definitely would never drink it around mealtime. Um, and if you're just dead set on trying it, I would definitely do something that's naturally alkaline if you really want to go that route. But I've never worried about it. And so um, I, it's not something I recommend. Yeah, I agree. I mean... The thing is your stomach produces hydrochloric acid, which is HCl on demand. And when it does, you know, it also creates sodium bicarbonate. And so, so those two HCl and sodium bicarbonate are produced. It's also produced on based on what you eat or drink. And so you want to, if you're drinking alkaline water while you're eating, you are are you want that stomach acid the whole point of stomach acid is you know people think oh stomach acid's not good no stomach acid is what you need to digest your food and a lot of people with all of their issues that they have one of their biggest issues is they're not digesting their food properly and so that is my problem with alkaline water especially when you're you know, first of all, I don't think you should be drinking water when you're eating anyway, because again, it goes back to you want as much stomach acid as you possibly can. And that's been an issue for me um, is my digestion of my food. So that's why I'm really big on eating. Like the most important thing to me is eating alkaline foods like vegetables, leafy greens, salads, um, that that's what you need to focus on. And this, this idea that alkaline water is going to cure up the, be the, you know, end all cure all. My thing is you need to have clean water that doesn't have a bunch of chemicals. That portion of it I do like is when I'm not eating, um, you know, having clean, pure water, um, and having it filtered. The idea of that I love. Yes. Couldn't agree more because you will find balance if you're eating the the right kinds of foods for your body. So yeah. Awesome. Um, All right. This is from Karen in Northern Virginia. 
I recently started eating paleo and I'm really enjoying the energy I'm feeling during the day, but I'm having the hardest time sleeping. I've also noticed when I do sleep, I'm having really weird, vivid dreams. I was reading online that this is common for people who cut out sugar. Why is this? And will I go back to normal soon? Karen in Northern Virginia. Interesting, right? Okay, so I noticed a few um, dream changes when I transitioned. And generally, like having vivid dreams isn't really a bad thing. It shows that you have like cortical arousal, your brain is working, you're probably getting more REM sleep. So those are all really good things. There was even a study about vitamin B6. When you increase vitamin B6, and I think this was done in supplemental form in the study, but I think that foods, you know, foods that you'll be eating in paleo probably have more B6 than you would if you were eating the standard American diet. And that was shown to increase um, dream recall and make dreams more more vivid. But then there's also this other piece is, you know, is there anything else you're doing? Like, are you taking any medications like SSRIs and blood pressure medications? They can also increase your dreams, make them more vivid. I notice, and this is the strangest thing, and there's no literature that I'm aware of to talk about this, but if I eat like uh, really poor quality food, specifically um, animal products, I don't know what it is. I will have violent dreams. Mm-hmm. Strange. I don't know what it is. It's just been a few times when I go out to this restaurant. and um, But yeah, so I would say if you're having trouble sleeping, you might want to look, I always go first to your blood sugar. And what are you eating? You might be eating paleo, but are you stabilizing? Are you making sure that you're not just substituting the sugar in your diet formerly for, you know, natural sugars, which are maybe better, but can still keep you on that blood sugar roller coaster. And then what I've found it to be really important is eating like high quality protein at night and a little carb. Some like, sometimes I do my, my golden milk with a little honey and the bone broth protein. And that really, really helps me sleep. But I'd say it's not usually a bad thing. Um, and it just means your brain is probably alert and you're getting better sleep if, unless you're just actually not not sleeping at all and that's a different story but I would definitely start your blood sugar and I wouldn't worry about it what do you think yeah I mean I I agree with you I think that I wouldn't worry about the the dreams I think that does mean that you actually are getting into a lot deeper sleep than possible and I think one of the things is is that you with, with me, especially like when I'm doing 100% paleo, the amount of energy I have is just amazing. That's, that's the biggest thing is that you just have so much energy. And so you're not quite ready. So the one question I would have is what is her, the caffeine level? Um, so, so that is one thing that you have to be careful with because if you, let's say, you're, let's say you, someone's normally drinking three cups of coffee when you're eating a paleo diet, one of the biggest things and why I'm such an advocate of the paleo diet is, is your thyroid functions when you're eating paleo at such an optimal level. Your thyroid literally, I mean, I've done tests where, because I'm like obsessed with getting my blood tested. And I'm just like out of control. Like my doctor's like, Chantel, we literally just checked your blood work a week and a half ago. I'm like, please, can you just check it again? I need to check because of this, this, and this. 
And so I like do my own little blood work studies and I could do one week if I wanted to do of not eating paleo and look at where my thyroid is and one week of me doing it and look at my thyroid numbers. It's unbelievable. So so it so everything is functioning at such a much higher level. So when if you are drinking like things affect you more. So like if I have if I'm eating 100% paleo if I drink a cup of coffee in the morning, um, that coffee is going to go into my like bloodstream more than it's kind of like think about alcohol. Think of the way alcohol affects um, when like if you had let's say you had shrimp and nothing else but just some shrimp, and then you had like two three shots of vodka versus having two big pieces of bread and then having that vodka. Well, how are you going to feel different, right? You're still, both of those, you had three shots of vodka, but how does your body feel? I can guarantee you that vodka is going to hit you like nobody's business, right? So it's the exact same thing that happens with like caffeine and stuff like that. So if you're switching to a paleo diet and now you are eating... Um, are having the same amount of caffeine, you might have a harder time sleeping. So that's one of the things I would look at is um, not only when you're cutting out your sugar, but what are you cutting back on that caffeine? And I think that will make a better, it'll be easier for you to sleep. That's my genius. Can I, can I just say something? Cause I think that's yeah. so important and I forget cause I've pregnant and then breastfeeding. I haven't had caffeine in like five years and it's always something I ask people to eliminate for at least 28 days just to reevaluate your relationship, reevaluate your relationship. A lot of times people don't notice that it's at the root of your sleep issues. I love that you mentioned that. The second thing I just wanted to mention cause I forgot if your immune system is more activated at night because you have parasites or, you know, something going on in your gut, a lot of times people wake up then too. So just something to look at. And then you can find out it's a blood sugar crash, usually between the hours of like one and three, you're waking up. So that's kind of a clue there. That's all I got. Awesome. All right. This is from Lori from Sparks, Nevada. My question is that my scale has not moved and I have not lost inches, but I've looked at my Christmas photos and I look visibly smaller. My arms and my legs are way more trim. How is it possible for me to look thinner, but the scale and measurements haven't changed? I love your podcast. I listen every day at work. Lori from Sparks, Nevada. Ooh, you want to go? No, you're good. Okay. Well, I would say is my guess would be is just related to inflammation. Sometimes you don't even like, if I have a bad day, I fly off the rails. I wake up with like marshmallow face and it's, yeah, my weight isn't always affected, <laughs> but I'm just like, whoa, like I look like a different person. So my guess is if you're eating more anti-inflammatory foods, your body is just like not holding on to so much water because it's not protecting itself because you're not irritating your immune system. So my guess is I can see it in people like immediately when they switch to a a better diet, like especially in their face, in their eyes. That'd be my guess. What do you think? Yeah, I think the main thing is um, muscle. Um, the biggest thing that I see in people when they yeah. are lose when they're doing intermittent fasting, they're not losing the pounds 
because they're losing fat and they're gaining muscle. And so for me, when I first started doing intermittent fasting for the first three weeks, I didn't lose one pound. I felt like my clothes were fitting better. And finally on week three, I lost six pounds. So that would have been like two pounds each week, but it took three full weeks to actually show it on the scale. And the, the, the key is, is intermittent fasting does help you burn fat because once you're done, when your body is looking for um, fuel, it's using the fat instead of using the glycogen stores. So my favorite analogy that I love to give is that when you, if you had $100 in your pocket right now, right, and you also had $100 in your bank account, your body, let's say you were going to buy something at the store that was 100 bucks. If you already had $100 in your pocket, you're not going to go drive to the bank and take out $100 when you've got $100 sitting in your bank, in your pocket right now. So the same thing happens with your body when it's looking for energy. When it's looking for energy, it's not going to go to the bank to go get energy when you've got all that sugar right there and fuel in your body. Does that make sense? So it's, so, so the whole point is, is that, um, you, you're burning fat, but yet you're, you're sometimes building muscle because it's, so for that in your picture, you might not be losing any actual weight on the scale, but your clothes are fitting better. You're losing fat and building muscle. I have to tell you this story. Um, my personal trainer is like, uh, chiseled, chiseled, chiseled. He looks like one of those guys on the magazines. You know what I'm talking about? Where they have, um, you know, like they just look chiseled all the time. And if you look at those people, they don't look like that all the time. I mean, they look like that for the day of the show, but they don't, they don't walk around like that. This trainer that I have, he walks around like that. Like if you said, hey, no, I'm not joking. Cause he eats, he like, he eats like that. Like, you know how the people get ready for the show? He eats like that all the time. So anyway, he said he went to the doctor and you know how, how he had to wear one of those those shirts where, you know, you put the, the sleeves in and the back is open. And he said he had a, a doctor that was four foot eight. She was Indian. And she says to him, well, your BMI shows that you're obese. His test, his weight and everything looked like he's obese. Like if you saw this guy, he's chiseled, 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 doesn't have, he probably has like 8% body fat at all given times. I mean, he's in perfect shape. And she says, your BMI shows that you're obese. She's like, I would like to suggest that you'd walk two times a week. And he, she's giving him advice on what to do because his BMI is showing that he's obese. So it's crazy. So you've got to really look at, hey, what are my measurements? What is, you know, how do I feel? I mean, you know, when you're in your kind of, you know, fatter stage or, or not, you know, so the bottom line for me is when I do, when I've done anyone I've seen for intermittent fasting, they pay more attention to how their clothes are fitting instead of their scale and how they look and how they feel. So the fact that you look great in your pictures 
that's what really matters. <laughs> so true. I was a fitness trainer for Tracy Anderson and I worked out so much and I didn't ever lose much weight on the scale, but people would see me and be like, oh my gosh, did you yes. like lose 30 pounds? And it's like, no, yes. I just, I'm a lot more muscular. So yeah. All right. This next one is from Rosario. I don't know where she lives, but it says, so I know at some point I got to give up cheese. I've always loved cheese. All of a sudden, however, I've been tasting the salt immensely in the cheese. I did pray real recently to the Lord to change my taste buds to the foods that he wants me to eat. I, like you, had the hypothyroidism. I know that God is calling me to do it a natural way of eating. So, in paleo, I saw on a website that raw dairy cheese is acceptable. So, in my case, what should I do, Rosario? Mm. For me, oh, I just love a little raw grass-fed cheese, like organic pastures. When I lived in California, I was there, and that was really cool. So my answer, though, depends on who are you? Like, what's your ancestry like? Do you have this, like, you know, ability to digest dairy? Some people do, and some people don't. So what I do with me is I can eat it. But I got to make sure I space it out because I will start to get congested. My skin will start to break out so I can get away with it. Sometimes it's just like not a daily thing for me, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's the answer for you. I think it just means you got to really tune in and start paying attention and start seeing, is my immune system being activated? Are there symptoms? Um, so could be, maybe, but yeah, you just got to experiment, I think. What do you think, Chantel? Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, for me personally, me and dairy do not get along well. They don't, um, we just don't do well together. I if I want to not still not feel great but not terrible, I will incorporate some raw um, cheese in my in my diet. But I look at that as like like that's kind of like my cheat is when yeah. I have that uh, raw dairy cheese. But I for people who if you feel like a million bucks, I have a certain friends that when they eat cheese, you know, they'll have raw dairy cheese and they feel like a million bucks. Um, for me, it's the same thing. The the problems that happen, I get very congested. I have a lot of mucus that builds up when I have cheese. Um, I My face breaks out like crazy. So I just, it's a matter of how does your body respond when you have it and how do you feel when you eat it? And that's really just very intuitive. And I think that's a good point is that for me, I can have it in very small amounts and not have anything major, major happen, but I always feel better when I don't. But like, again, I'm very big on not depriving myself. And so yeah. like, for example, every once in a while, I'm not a huge pizza lover, but every once in a while, I'm like, I want pizza. So if I want pizza, I go, okay, I'm going to, like the other day, I made my own cauliflower crust pizza where I literally just took cauliflower and I have a recipe on chantelrayway.com slash recipes, but that's to die for. And then just put vegan cheese on top, marinara and vegan cheese. And now I feel like I'm really like just enjoying this amazing, you know, piece of pizza. So yeah, it's great. Well, 
Thank you so much for being on the show today. And don't forget, we are going to be doing a giveaway of two of her amazing items. If you want to go check out paleovalley.com, you can visit their shop. I cannot say enough great things about your products. They are, everything is just, it's Chantal Ray approved for me. I, <laughs> I am a huge fan of your products. I think you guys have done a fantastic job and a huge fan of your, your podcast. So... Um, thank you so much for being on our show today, Autumn. It was amazing. And you're <laughs> wonderful. Yeah, it was a ch- such a pleasure. And I just wanted to say, aside from the giveaway, if you guys want to go to our store and try anything, you can use the code AUTUMN and we'll just give you 10% off of everything because we love Perfect. you so much. Awesome. And that's AUTUMN, A-U-T-U-M-N, 10, and yeah. you get 10% off everything. That's fantastic. Yeah. All right. And um, if you have a question that you want answered, go to questions at ChantelRayWay.com. See you next time, guys. Bye-bye. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at ChantelRayWay.com. And if you would like daily accountability as well as a resource with lots of helpful tips about Chantel's intermittent fasting lifestyle, head on over to ChantelRayWay.com coaching. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.